text for this evening consists of two verses verses 50 and 51 and we read that one of them one of the disciples smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear and Jesus answered and said <coughs> suffer ye thus far and he touched his ear and healed him touched his ear and healed him during the three years of the Lord's public ministry there were many they became very hostile towards him became very hostile towards this Jesus of Nazareth from the day he entered the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth until he went up to Jerusalem for the Passover there were those who always always wanted to kill him even as Herod <coughs> but they were not able to they were unable to arrest them they were unable to lay a hand on him because as they informed the disciples often nine hour has not yet come to said often the Lord was in control of all things there was nothing but nothing <coughs> out of the Lord's control the Lord was in control of when he went to get to Calvary he was in control of the very hour the very moment that he laid down his life and that's why the Lord Jesus when the soldiers came to break his legs discovered that he was dead already because the two malefactors could not die in the presence of a living Christ for we know that no matter where the Lord Jesus faced death he conquered it Jairus' daughter son of the widow woman and Lazarus wherever he faced death he conquered it therefore those the Lord must give up the ghost and indeed you can read the gospels and you'll find that nowhere does it say Jesus died he did give up the ghost of course <coughs> he did lay down his life but we never read that Jesus died but rather he gave up the ghost he surrendered his spirit indicating that the Lord Jesus was always in control of his life and the date of his death then that night in Gethsemane after the Lord had told the disciples a number of occasions to read through the gospels and to find that he told the disciples my hour has not yet come when he was in Gethsemane that night <coughs> the Lord said behold the hour is at hand the hour had come behold the hour is at hand and the son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners rise let us be going Behold, he is at hand. <coughs> a dog betray me. It was the courage of Christ. He knew the hour. He knew that Judas was there. The Lord didn't go and hide. No. Let 
rise and let us be going to meet Judas to meet the enemy rise and let us be going behold he is at hand that doth betray me and when Judas and the band of rebels entered the garden to arrest him he said unto them speaking about the hour again he said unto them this is your hour and the power of darkness verse 53 so the hour of his betrayal the hour of his arrest his trial his torture his crucifixion had come had come at last he walked that road from Jericho Jerusalem for the last time he had gone into the upper room and ate the Passover with his disciples for the last time he had for the last time sung on him of that Passover with those disciples he had entered Gethsemane it would be the last time that he would ask those same disciples to watch and pray with him for that night that night marked the last night of freedom for the Lord Jesus before Calvary but there was one more last thing that had to be done maybe an unexpected event took place there in the garden when Judas and the rebels came to arrest the Lord for there he must work his last miracle before Calvary we know of course the Lord wrought many miracles he was the last one he must put forth his healing power for the last time in his earthly ministry and there are a number of remarkable things with regard to this miracle that we want to consider this evening the healing of the high priest's servant I feel it's so often overlooked. Yes, we know much about the Lord's healing of, of, of the leprous individuals, those born blind, those in their name, the miracles of raising the dead. But how much time is spent in considering the healing, the miracle wrought? on Malchus John is the only evangelist who gives us his name Malchus the priest and the captain of the high priest so I want to look at this this evening this individual experienced the healing touch of Christ of wonder did it have any effect upon him spiritually that here was Malchus he had come to that garden to arrest the Lord knowing he was taking him out to crucify him but here the Lord in compassion healed him I wonder how did any effect on him spiritually one is to consider Malchus and the warring sin we are told when Judas led this band of rebels into the garden they which were about him saw what would follow they said unto him unto the Lord Lord shall we smite with the sword 
and one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear verse 49 so who was that disciple who was that individual who drew his sword and swiped <coughs> at Malchus and cut off his right ear Well, if John hadn't have told us, I think we all could have guessed. Peter. John in 18 verse 10 tells us that it was Peter. Which really comes as no surprise. Because we know when we look at Peter, he was always quick. He was always quick to speak for the Lord. He was always the first to do something for the Lord among the rest of the disciples. And so when John tells us that Peter was the one who drew his sword and cut off Malchus's right ear, it comes as no surprise. Now I know Peter had many feelings. And I think sometimes his feelings overshadow those things that he can be commended for and such is the case here there are a number of things that we can commend Peter for in this particular incident we notice first of all his company verse 50 and one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear mark the word one of them one of the Lord's disciples Peter was one of them it was most commendable then that Peter the Lord's disciples was there with the Lord at that particular time when they came to arrest him he was one of them who was with Christ he had not yet forsaken his Lord and I know when it comes to Peter so often the focus is on Peter's failures then you remember that time he asked the Lord could he walk on the water and Peter got out of the boat and began to walk towards Christ and then we know what happened when he saw the sea boisterous he began to sink took his eyes off the Lord many sermons have you heard dealing with Peter taking his eyes off the Lord but how many sermons have you heard about the other disciples who stayed on the ship at least Peter was zealous enough and brave enough to step out on the ship None of the others wanted to step out of this, but Peter did. I have to commend them for such things like that. So we read here about him being one of the company. Matthew gives us another little detail. Matthew 26, verse 51. He's described there as being with Jesus. All right? Peter was with Jesus. Mark adds another detail. Mark tells us in Mark 14 verse 47 and one of them that stood by Jesus. So there's Peter, he was one of the company. There was Peter, he was with Jesus and there was Peter and he stood by Jesus. And surely we have to commend them we have to commend Peter for being in that company with Christ we have to commend him that he stood by the Lord Jesus we have to surely commend him that he was with Jesus I often in the hour when the Lord Jesus comes under attack 
and people stand against them and speak against them how ready are we to say I am standing with Christ I am with Jesus don't care what you say but I want you to know I am with Christ I'm standing by him I'm supporting him because he is my saviour after all the Lord will stand by us and whatever else whatever else Peter did after that night we have to commend them for his loyalty he was in the company he was with Jesus he stood by him he stood by Jesus and so when Satan's host set themselves in array against the captain of our salvation may we be counted on may we you and I be dependent upon stand by Jesus to stand with him may we make it our battle cry I am not ashamed to own my Lord or to defend his cause and to the honour of his work the glory of his cross so we see then Peter and his company you notice further Peter and his courage Peter and his courage without a doubt this, demon, this disciple demonstrated great courage in the face of great danger a band of 600 had come along with you <coughs> with swords and spears Roman soldiers carried two weapons sword and a spear can you imagine what that was like entering Gethsemane's garden? 600 men with swords and spears. And they had come for no good purpose. As far as they were concerned, they were there to arrest Christ and make sure he was put to death. Yes. And when they were about to lay their hands on the Lord, Peter immediately sprang to his defence. Matthew 26 verse 51 this demonstrates regarding the courage of Peter we see his courage in two ways first of all he faced them all give him credit for that he may have stood at a distance from the Lord later but at least at that hour he faced them all with their swords and their spears and that night with a great multitude of swords and spears from the chief priests and elders of the people Peter at that moment at least he stood firm <coughs> didn't matter to Peter the size of them all or how many swords and spears they had he was going to defend his Lord can we blame him for that what he did do we not each one of us wish we had the same courage when the Lord Jesus comes under attack courage to stand up to the own our Lord courage David had would I face the giant of God the courage Abraham had when he went to war against Kedar Naomer and rescued Lot and his family the courage that Samson had when single handedly he faced and slew a thousand Philistines the courage that Paul often demonstrated during his missionary journey when he had beaten stoned shipwrecked cast into prison numerous times 
But Paul said, when I preach the gospel, that's courage. That's the courage Paul had. We must say Peter demonstrated courage that night. Remember what the Lord told Joshua? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thy dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee. So when we are called upon to stand up for the Lord, let us be of good courage. The Lord will stand with us. That's, that's for sure. So we see his courage when he faced them all. We see his courage when he was at that moment a faithful man. Remember what he had already promised his master? Luke 22, verse 33. He said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee within the prison unto death. Now we know that promise fell apart. But in the meantime, we have to commend Peter for at least being faithful at that time. You think of it. Peter was the only one of the twelve disciples, eleven disciples, that took a stand for Christ in the garden that night. Peter, if you like, he stood alone among those disciples. And whatever the others were doing, or going to do, or didn't want to do, since that Peter thought to himself, well this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to defend my Lord. Remember Daniel? Remember what Daniel said when he was given the king's meat? Daniel said in Daniel 1 verse 8 that he purposed in his heart he purposed in his heart he would not eat the king's meat. He purposed in his heart. In other words, Daniel didn't wait to see what others were doing or what others were not doing. If everybody else at the king's meat, Daniel would say, well, I'm not doing it. And he didn't wait to see what others were doing. He purposed in his heart. Good to have a heart religion, isn't it? He purposed in his heart that he would not eat the king's meat. <coughs> Let us then be like Daniel and have the strength of our conviction and take our stand for the Lord. As well as his compliment and his courage, we notice his conduct. The Lord had to rebuke Peter for the way he conducted himself. As it so often was with this disciple, he had a zeal, but it wasn't according according to knowledge. That seemed to sum up the life of Peter. And here we notice his readiness. The disciple was ready for a fight, if you like. Even though the Lord had not commanded him to do so. No. But we all know something of the impulsive behavior or attitude of Peter. There was Malchus leading the mob, came to arrest the Lord. Peter never stopped waiting for any instruction. Out came the sword. And cut off the right ear of Malchus. Now, listen. The Lord didn't give any instruction to Peter or any of his disciples to draw a sword. But he had given instruction. 
three times. When they entered Gethsemane, pray with me. Watch and pray. Pray with me. Not one of the disciples obeyed that command. No. They weren't, or Peter wasn't so ready to pray with Christ and indeed to pray for him. As he swept in that garden there, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He had asked the disciples three times for prayer support, and no prayers were offered. There are those today who will not shy away from a fight, as it were, from a battle. They relish a good confrontation. And those, and the go any likes for a protest. Protest apostasy, protest Romanism, protest this or that or the other thing. But you never see them at a prayer meeting or on the day of prayer. But like Peter, he and the others were asked to pray with Christ, but not one of them did so. As well as his readiness, you see his rashness. You'll notice that from the previous verse, the disciples said on the Lord, Shall we smite with the sword? Question was asked. Question was asked. Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And before an answer was given, Peter had the sword on him. Cut off Malchus' ear. It's a mistake to take action. without the Lord giving the command without the Lord giving a word upon it without discerning the mind of the Lord his readiness, his rashness his reasoning Peter had misinterpreted the words of the master Verse 20, sorry, verse 36. And there we read in verse 36, Then said he unto them, But now he that hath a purse, let him take it, and likewise his script, and he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. So the Lord had no objection to the disciples being armed. After all, they would go out along lonely roads where individuals were often set upon and whatever they had upon them stolen and even maybe killed. That's what the Lord meant there. Peter misunderstood that. And he thought that was a sign <coughs> from the Lord to draw the sword against those who had come to arrest the Savior. Let us know the mind of Christ. Let us not work and do something without knowing the mind of the Lord on the matter. It will lead to mistakes. Peter made a mistake. Yes, we know the spirit of Peter. We know how he certainly loved the Lord. As I said before, he acted rashly sometimes. He had a zeal, but not according to us. We consider also about this 
the wounded servant. Peter had acted rashly and the damage was done. He smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Verse 15. Peter had been too hasty and ready to use the wrong sword. He was ready to use the wrong sword. But what lessons may be learned from what happens to Malchus? First of all, his identity. As we already said, we never would have known who the high priest servant was, except for John. John's only one told us that his name was Malchus. He was Malchus, the servant of the high priest. The high priest, Caiaphas. 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 What his name means? Fortune teller. Caiaphas the fortune teller. So you can see there straight away is a servant of the devil. The fortune teller and Caiaphas have been plotting the death of Christ for some time. John 11 verses 49-53. Planning and planning the death of the Lord Jesus. He knew that Christ had come to die and used that as an excuse, as it were, as a crime for going out and putting him to death. Malchus would have been aware of this. No, God being the servant of the high priest, he would have been aware of this. And he arrived in the garden that night to carry out his master's wishes. He was just one of many. One of many. He stood in the garden that night as an enemy of Christ. Malchus was identified for us as the enemy of the Lord. He had been told when Christ came into the world, Caiaphas knew that. So he was ready to carry out his master's wishes. We notice also his intention. His intention, his identity, then we have his intention. It is clear that Malchus was there in the garden with the intention of arresting the Lord Jesus. Of course that's why he was there. And no doubt since Malchus was the one who had his right ear cut off, tells me he was right at the forefront of the crowd. He was the leader of the pack if you like. He was there at the forefront of the crowd. That is why Peter smote him with the sword. That Malchus, he maybe would not have been so bold had he been on his own. But he could look behind him and see 600 men with swords and spears. Oh, he was bold, all right. In plenty of support. It's different when you have no support. And maybe Malchus would not have been so brave as to leave the pack and go and be ready 
to slay the Lord Jesus. You know what it's like when someone is in the company of those who take thy religion they don't say a word against them. They don't want to take a stand for the Lord against the crowd. There's a crowd there. When the company they keep not a Christian they don't say anything because of the crowd when the precious name of the Lord Jesus is blasphemed there's not one word of rebuke because the crowd would be against them what will they do when they stand before the God of heaven the God of Israel the judge of all of heaven and earth what will they say then yea what will they say to the one who during their lifetime they never defended they never stood up for him they were ashamed <coughs> afraid of the crowd afraid of what the crowd might think and what the crowd might say let us endeavor to be more like the Savior to follow Christ from Gethsemane and all the way he's alone he's alone nobody with him he stood for his people that he was going to Calvary to die for and he went alone may God give us the courage to stand alone for Christ whenever it's necessary. You notice also this injury. We are told that Peter drew his sword and smote the servant of the, of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Verse 15. He suffered a severe, <coughs> severe injury. But it could have been much worse, could it not? You think of how close that came. Cutting his head off. Marcus could have lost his life there and then. He came so near to having Peter decapitate him. Instead, Peter cut off his right ear. It wasn't so much that Peter had failed to decapitate the servant of the high priest as it was God's preserving of the life of Marcus. And I wonder did Marcus ever think of it that way? He could have gone from that garden of prayer and looking into the face of the Lord Jesus Christ to going to that place that is prepared for all enemies of Christ they never repent of their sin they have the warring sins and the wounded servant It's always good to finish on a good note. And we do so with Malchus and the wonderful Savior. The wonderful Savior. 
after Peter cut off the right ear of Malchus, the Lord said to him, Suffer ye thus far. Here we notice the cause. The Lord was reminding Peter and the other disciples that he must be arrested, beaten, scourged, mocked, and crucified, put to death. So it must be. That's what the Lord said. So it must be. Peter, you raised the sword to protect me. But if I wanted to be delivered, I could summon twelve legions of angels. But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? Thus it must be. Peter, it must be this way. For this reason I came into the world. And here we see the determination of the Lord Jesus Christ to purchase for us salvation thus it must be all that sinners would realize how much the Lord loves sinners he would not permit Peter to defend them on this occasion he could have called twelve legions of angels, but the Lord said, Peter, thus it must be, must be this way. It has to be this way. Let them arrest me. Thus it must be. Let them try me, torture me, scourge me, mock me. Thus it must be. Let them strip me, put me to an open shame, put a crown of thorns on my brow bend the knee take the rod out of my hand and smite me repeatedly thus it must be Peter. let them lead me out to Golgotha let them bring me to the place of a skull for thus it must be it must be let them put me on a tree and drive in the nails into my hands and my feet let them lift me up and suspend me between, between heaven and earth Peter it must be it must be you know when we think of the Lord did for us in the light of what we've just said. It must be. Is it a marvel? How much the Lord loved us. Where we see an example of the Lord's love for his people, his love for his elect. Telling me it must be, it must be this way, people. <laughs> Sure, I could call twelve legions of angels. And of course, the Lord wouldn't even need to call twelve angels, twelve legions of angels. He could have delivered himself there and then. But so it must be. It must be. He is the most wonderful Savior. We notice also his compassion. The true nature of Christ has been revealed to us over and over and over again. Throughout the Gospels. And perhaps, perhaps we have here no greater example of the compassion of heart of the Lord Jesus than here. Malthus. Listen, Malchus was an enemy. He was there to arrest the Lord, to lead him out to be put to death. Many another person 
But I'm not that now because I'm said it deserves your right. Deserve, you deserve it now, because. Ah, but that's not Christ, you see, that's the difference. That's not Christ. He's different. He's a heart of compassion. And no sinner had Peter cut off his right ear, and the Lord touched his ear him. What a wonderful friend we have in the person of the Lord Jesus. And many of us would have adopted that attitude to someone like Malchus. When we come to the arrest of Christ, I cannot. forget what the Lord said to Judas. Luke doesn't record it, John doesn't record it, Matthew records it. Remember? Judas led the mob into, into the garden and was going to betray the Lord Jesus with a kiss. How did the Lord address them? Friend. Wherefore art thou come? Think of that. Lord Jesus, of course, knew all along who would be trapped, and indeed often made reference to the one. The hands of him that betrayed me are with me on the table. And the Lord knew that Judas would sell Christ for thirty pieces of silver betrayal and yet when he came into the garden the Lord said friend wherefore art thou come why when we look at the Lord Jesus and how he dealt with others even dealt with Marcus and Malchus and how he dealt with Judas we have a lot to learn from that a lot to learn to become more and more like Christ we notice his care this touch of the master's hand showed that he not only cared about Malthus but that he cared about Peter that touch of the master's hand on Malchus. Yes, showed that he cared about Malchus. But he cared about Peter because of <coughs> Malchus's ear. He repaired the damage that Peter had done. There's Christ again. Singing about Peter. The damage that Peter had done when he healed the ear of Malchus, he repaired the damage that Peter had done. Remember, when Peter said he would never deny the Lord, the Lord said before the cock crow, Tonight I shall deny me three times. But he didn't finish that. Said to Peter, but I have prayed for him. Amazing, isn't it? He knew what Peter was going to do. He knew that Peter would deny him three times. He knew that Peter would say to those who came to him, I know not the man. Christ said to Peter, one day to know here a breath of that thy faith fail not. He prayed for Peter. Even though he knew he was going to deny him, 
He healed the ear of Malchus, even though he was there to arrest him. And he called Judas friend, even though he was there to betray him. All of that gone. But make us more and more and more like the Lord Jesus, our Savior. Lord bless the words of our hearts this evening. That's all the prayer. So dear Lord, we bless thee for who thou art. We look, Lord, at these examples, these incidents, of the love and compassion, the tender heartedness of Christ. we realize, Lord, we're so unlike him. Forgive us for not being more like our Savior. Lord, work in our hearts by thy Holy Spirit by the application of thy word. And Lord, make us more Christ-like day by day and others when they look upon us and see the Lord in us Lord bless and use thy word this evening to the praise, honor and glory of thy holy name be with us as we leave the Lord's house again bless our visitors may they have the time of refreshing here this part of the land. Be with us, Lord, throughout this week. And in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, abide in the name of this land forevermore. Amen.